Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice. Is it too early to ask what the heck is going on with the Carolina Hurricanes defense? I thought you were about to ask, is it a little too, is too, it a little too early, early to start getting a little bit tips? I mean, when we were watching the Carolina Hurricanes, the, the, the good, that's valid. I was going to say, if you're drinking, you're drinking into the wee hours of the morning recently, if you're, if you're drinking while watching the Canes, they've been playing uh, a little late. Hey, man, you got to do what you got to do to get through those West Coast game times. Uh, first of all, update, Sebastian Ajo did not play. Second straight missed game with a, a upper body injury. Um, according to reporting, and, and we saw actually a video where he was in the, in the background, uh, he was at morning skate and he was not wearing a non-contact jersey, but uh, I guess the powers that be decided to be to be cautious or, or he wasn't ready. Uh, so Ajo did not play. But I don't, I mean, I'm not sitting here attributing the fact that they couldn't slow down the Kraken for, for you know, hey, if Ajo was there, everything would have been different. Or even Freddie Anderson, because Freddie Anderson, uh, you know, he he's still working his way back from taking the, the puck to the face uh, a couple of nights ago. But this is how we are going to paint this picture for you. The Kraken going into to, uh, to last night's game had three goals in four games heading into last night's game. Last night, they had two separate periods with three goals each. They opened the game with three goals in the first. They closed the game with three goals in, in the, the the third, and they end up winning 7-4. They, they essentially smacked around the Carolina defense twice, right? Because they, they jumped out to the, the, what was it, a 4-1 lead, then the the... Carolina Hurricanes fought all the way back for three, felt like they were close. Maybe they, you know, one one break here or there, they could be back in it or maybe even win it. But then they, they end up losing 7-3. That's an issue. And, and I can't imagine how unbelievably frustrated Rod Brindamore must be because his his brand, his system is all about goal prevention, right? It's, it's all about, you know, hey, if you're going to play for me, you're going to have to defend. And that goes for everyone on the ice. It's all, it's all about uh, a certain style. They, they don't get out onto the, the, the rush offense often, right? They don't push it out there looking for the fast breaks as much as some other modern teams do. They're about goal prevention. So a night like last night where a team that's been bottled up breaks out against you, that I mean, that's that stings. If, if you're a good uh, defensive football team, and I, I'm always kind of making this comparison just because we've been in football mode, if if you're a good defensive football team and you're facing a slumping quarterback and they break out, right, they break the slump against you when all you had to do was keep the ball rolling in the direction it was already rolling for the offense, th- that hurts. And the same is true here. The Kraken are a good offensive team. Last year they were top five in goals scored per game. I'm not saying they can't score, but I'm saying they haven't been scoring. And and when you're looking for a get-right game, the Canes have to be like, it's not going to be us, right? You're not going to get back into a rhythm against us. We're going to keep you off rhythm. You're not breaking the momentum against us. 
Here is Rod Brindamore after yesterday's game, specifically his takeaways from the third. Well, we got back in the game. Give the guys credit for that, you know. And then again, same thing. We're just we're not sharp uh, defensively right now. We're just taking little breathers, and that's just killing us. So um, strange because it's not, you know. Like I said, we've been doing this for a long time and doing it really well. And this five-game segment is just we, we don't have it figured out, which is, you know, we got to get better at it. We're scoring enough. We're getting enough chances. We're going to create offense, but. We're, we're definitely giving up way too much. Definitely giving up way too much. Now, Rod, is he's good at coach speak, so he's not going to – I don't th- – like I, I've, I've said this for a long time. I want an anger translator for coaches, <laughs> right? I want somebody behind him that can be the little voice in their head where they're like, oh, you know, we, we, we fought our way back and we just we gave him too many chances and there's too many miscues. And then somebody behind him could be like, uh, I'd like to tell you what he meant. What he meant was – we have seven top four defenders. We we have we we were a complete team a season ago. Uh, didn't reach our goals. Some might say because of injuries, and and we still decided to add to our defense with somebody like Dmitry Orlov, and it's not working. I'm sure part of him wanted to go full uh, miracle, right? Again, whistle again. Orlov's struggles are one of the biggest issues through five games. Now, as Dennis, who traditionally produces the show, brings up often, uh, Brent Burns struggled for the first 10 or 15 games a season ago. Uh, as an established guy, been in the league for a very long time, came to, to Carolina and had to you know, feel his way around a little bit. So I just – I don't know if it is smart to just assume that every big name defenseman that is brought into Carolina is it's going to click like the the light bulb's going to come on like 12 games in. I'd much rather there be like, you know, incremental improvement for a couple of weeks rather than going, "Oh no, just give it time. It'll it'll click." Orlov's been been out of position quite often. A couple bad decisions are leading to goals. And this is Dmitry Orlov. Right. This is this is not, uh, you know, you didn't bring in some guy who, you know, he's going to fight for the seventh defense position. He's 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 legit. You brought him in. You're paying him a lot of money. Someone's paying him a lot of money. Right. And some others are picking up some of it. But uh, but you're paying him a lot of money. I know. Actually, you are just paying a lot of money. That was a free agent signing. I mean, to be fair, the Hurricanes defensemen have been on the ice a lot this year just based Mm. on penalty kill. I mean, coming into last night, Walt Ruff, Hurricanes.com reporter, pointed out. Through the first four games of the season ahead of last night, Carolina Hurricanes have taken 26 penalties, second most in the NHL, drawn 29 penalties, the most in the NHL. And then to counter that, you had the fact that 13 different Carolina Hurricanes goal scorers have Mm -hmm. contributed this season. So there's just two storylines right now through the first couple of games of this season. And and that's why I say, like, the brand and the system they run. Because, um, right, like, the uh, going into last night, and, and, you know, the math may be a little different now, they had given up four power play goals, but they've also scored four shorthanded goals. So it's like, all right, your 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 uh, PK is even, right? But I feel like if you're if you're Brenda Moore and you've built your team and you've built your career off of the style of play that we're used to seeing, you're you're not okay with like, oh, we score enough goals to counteract our defense not being great, right? You want the defense to be great and then look towards the the attack. Then there's the the goalie shuffle, right? 
Brandon Moore pulled uh, Aranta last night after he gave up four goals on 18 shots. He was already filling in for Freddie Anderson. That obviously leads to Pyotr Kochekov, who was re- recalled uh, Wednesday. Trying to get my timeline right. The, the days all bleed together when the games are in the middle of the night. You don't know when one day stops and the next day begins. Uh, but he was recalled Wednesday and, and ended up going in, making 14 saves, but but again, allowing you know a handful of goals himself. Uh, here's Rod Brindamore on what he saw from from each of those goalies last night. Uh, well, we were, you know, I, I had to take, I took Rance out because I didn't think the team was playing well enough in front of him. And, you know, Cooch came in, I thought he was fine, did, did a nice job. It's tough to throw him in there, especially when we're, we're giving up the chances we were giving up. And, you know, you look at overall, I think it's probably, you're going to end up looking like we were even on the chances, but we, we, we were shooting ourselves in the foot with the goals we're giving up. Like it's, you know, you can't give up shorthanded goal, let the guy just, skate right in on the you know don't back check him and gets the yes, rebound taps it in and you, those are things that you just you don't you can't do and um you look at all the goals really you know maybe the first one the guy just chucks it at the net but other than that there's 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 a lot of errors being made and we got we can't we can't do that it's one of those things where i think ronta wasn't having a night but i don't think he was the biggest problem right there there were some some good chances that would have been good saves Ronta, for, I mean, for years and years, he'd been a guy who, you know, you expect him to make good saves. Uh, but, uh, but Coach Ekov, I think it's good he gets reps. Like, I, I don't, it's bad situation, but good results as far as just him getting more and more time on NHL ice. He, you know, you got to decide if he's the guy of the future. Freddie's not going to live forever or, or play forever, I should say. None of us are going to live forever, but that's a weird way to say it for a 34 year old. Uh, He's not going to play in the NHL forever, and if Kochekov is going to be the guy next, you want to you want to get him out there as, as as often as possible. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. We're here with Coach Pete, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, let's hear about your power plan. Well, Coach Pete's power plan: twenty two steps to get you on the right direction for retirement, and also make sure you have a successful, income filled retirement. Tim, the next ten people are going to give that away, no cost or obligation. For the power plan, call 800-691-3215. You can also go ahead and text Tim to six hundred. 700. The phone number 800-691-3215 or text Tim to 600-700. The Drive with Tim Donnelly here on 99.9 The Fan. Joining us now in studio, my co-host on the Pack Therapy Podcast, uh, which, by the way, follow the Pack Therapy Podcast everywhere you find your pods. Uh, like, subscribe, all those sorts of things. It's on our YouTube page, 99.9 The Fan. Should be, uh, should be a, a, a pretty good one this week. We have James Henderson inside Pack Sports joining us. Uh, so full interview there on the bye week. Speaking of the bye, it's a, it's – Panthers bye week. It's NC State's bye week, uh, and they they have two quarterbacks that I think have high expectations. MJ Morris taking over for Brendan Armstrong. The the everything was, uh, you know, he was going to fix everything according to some. Bryce Young comes into a, a Panthers situation, number one overall pick. He was going to fix everything according to some, uh, and they've had their their ups and downs and struggles, but now they have a bye week. What is it like for a quarterback who needs to reset? Is it is it unplugging? Is it diving further into the playbook? Well, what is what is the bye week? It's doing a little reflecting. It's doing some self-scouting. Uh, that falls primarily on the coaches to find tendencies to make sure you get away from. The Panthers, obviously, a huge week with changing offensive coordinators, mm-hmm. play callers, so kind of mapping out how do we want – reflect on what we did and how do we want to go the rest of the season. It's also a great time to just get away when things aren't going good. Sometimes you just need to get away from the game 
and do nothing with football. And I think I saw Bryce Young already. The Panthers might have had a little Halloween party. He was dressed as Spider-Man. Yep. Uh, so that's a good thing. It kind of gets your mind off football, reset a little, uh, kick back, relax, go home, go back to your college, whatever it is, just to get your mind away from it. And then you know when you get back on, on Sunday or Monday, it's go time, especially in the NFL. I mean, it's a long season. And, and something that Bryce Young really isn't used to is you do kind of have that rookie wall. Man, it feels like a long season. So you got to rejuvenate and get ready to go for really the – they still have two-thirds left of their season left to go. And and one more game even than when you were a rookie. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a it's a long season. I remember you always – it's kind of around the um, November – like Thanksgiving. Mm. College football at that point has like one more game. And you – because like to say that Saturday night, they've already done their game and you're getting ready to play – you still have like a third of your season left and college football is pretty much done and it, it, it gets long. It, it's, I, I talk a lot about how if you play football your entire life, your entire, like your, your year is it's, you don't even have to like check a calendar, you know what time of year it is. And one of the, the biggest shocks is the first year you're out of football, you realize <laughs> that August is still summer because your, your entire life, August is the beginning of fall and you're at camp and everything. So you're probably just, just now getting used to that. I'm, I'm well used to it at this point. Um, but along those lines, right, two, two teams that we talk about every time you come on the show or on by, uh, this is one, you know, I can talk about what it's like to have a bye in college, but not in the pros. What's the difference? What, what's the difference between the bye week in college and the bye week in the NFL? There's a couple different philosophies that coaches take in the NFL. Some are we're going to come in on – Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday have a light practice, which is kind of similar to what you would do to in college where it's more like training camp practice. The ones are going against the ones. You get a chance to get the twos some reps mm. where they're not typically taking many reps during the season. Or there's the philosophy of go home, get out <laughs> all week. We'll see you next week when we get back. And, and those are uh, the coaches that you like. It's like, you know. That's called the players especially, coach. <laughs> but it helps when you win the week before. When you're 0-6 – Oh, and six for the Panthers, yeah. It's hard to tell the guys see you next week. Uh, it, so it, I, I would think they probably had a couple practices this week to kind of clean some things up and then uh, still get away. You know, they're probably out of there Thursday at noon. Get You get to go home and, and get away. I love – and uh, I, I've said this on the show uh, a ton. I'm a, I'm a mic'd up junkie. I love the pressure that in a, in a winner's locker room yeah. when you, the veterans are going yeah. like, see you Wednesday, yeah. see yeah. you Wednesday. And there, there's a see you Wednesday and there's a see you next week. The yeah. see you next week is, is the, the all-time great one. <laughs> uh, we're talking with Mike Glennon, former NC State quarterback, longtime NFL quarterback. Uh, you're, you're, you're NC State Wolfpack. You you go to uh, you know a bunch of the games. Uh, on, a, on an off week, you're looking at, at some um, maybe offensive revamping, as you mentioned, the self-scouting and things. What do you think is the the biggest difference we may see from the NC State offense coming out of the break? I think they're just going to find more ways to find find a way to get KC Concepcion mm-hmm. the ball. We're going to find as many different creative ways to line them up in the backfield. Again, the the motions, the receiver, the everything. And I think it's also about finding what MJ Morris is comfortable with and build off of that. And then the last piece is the offensive line has got to work on blitz pickup. There's, I wouldn't even call them exotic blitzes, but there's some blitzes that teams bring every week and NC State seems to struggle to pick them up. So from an offensive line standpoint, it's about picking up these blitzes. From a quarterback standpoint, is finding what MJ Morris likes and doing that. From an offensive coordinator standpoint, it's about um, finding Casey conception the ball. And then from a defense standpoint, can't forget about them. They've been good. 
they got to find a way to limit the big plays and, and kind of those mental errors that go with that of being in the right gap. Everyone's got to be in the right gap. If one person's in the wrong gap, that could lead to a, a big play, and that's what we saw last week against Duke. Um, the the Getting the ball to KC Concepcion is, is always interesting to me because – my, my college years, we were very like uh, like every, everybody's equal, right? The 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 we didn't have a number one. We maybe wanted to, but uh, uh, you know we spread it around. Uh, is is it just watching film of guys like uh, Justin Jefferson or or Devonte, the guys who everyone in because to be quite honest, sometimes even I'm confused. I'm going like, okay, you you know that they're going to pepper Justin Jefferson with 20 targets and he's going to catch 10 balls. Like how does the defensive coordinator not figure it out? But obviously the offensive minds are, you know, they're smart too. Is it just watching those guys or, or like when you say the the bye week is going to be about getting Casey the ball in in different ways? How do you do that? Is is it um, you know, I always go back to like the water boy. Like I have my, my blue and green notebook with plays. Do you just flip through I, it? I think there's some of that. There's definitely, I think there's kind of two elements of it. There's the chalkboard where you're literally, you have your set of plays and you're saying how many different ways can we f- formation this motion to it, shift to it that makes KC the number one target in that particular play. Yeah, the first read. The other way, other way you do this is it's a copycat league. You find plays that are being run around college football, being run in the NFL, that are really cool designs, and you say, you know what, we're going to put that in our offense, and we're going to put Casey Concepcion to be that guy that gets the ball. So I think it, it, it's a couple different ways. It's it's the, the self-scout, it's the drawing on a chalkboard, and then it's the, the copycat league uh, of kind of stealing plays. Uh, we're gonna look across town real quickly here with Mike Glennon, NC State legend and and longtime NFL quarterback. Uh, the 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 rival UNC going up against Virginia. Uh, UNC has has I mean they they're undefeated. They're one of the top teams in the country when you look at the rankings. But with Tez Walker catching three touchdowns last week, it feels like there's another level there. They're going up against a Virginia team that. Uh, Again, using statistics and rankings, objective things here isn't going to scare anybody. Uh, is is there a thought of like let's put on a, a show, let let's dazzle them because you know at a certain point you're going to want the committee to choose you if you you continue on the trajectory you're on. Uh, and and you know people say style points don't count, but they kind of do when there's opinions involved. Should should they be uh, razzle dazzling with 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 Tez and the crew? Yes, I I think they should be. I think Drake may honestly up until the last few weeks his numbers weren't great until um, Tez showed up. And now I think you do. You try to put up as many points as you can. I mean, this is college football. We're not, uh, you know, feeling bad for the other side, showing good sportsmanship. It's a, it's a big boy league, and, and they should be trying to score as many points as they can because at the end of the season, that stuff matters. And, and they're going to, if they continue playing the way they are, they're going to be legit contenders to possibly get in the college football playoff if they take care of business. Crosstown again, Duke, Florida State, maybe you know one of, if not the, probably not the, but one of the games of of the weekend. Uh, surprising, I mean, I mean, Duke is playing Florida, top five Florida State, and it's and it's like, hey, we actually need to watch this game. Which you know, I, I would have been asking, you know, go back five years, I would have been asking the same question I just asked about North Carolina. Should they <laughs> razzle dazzle them about Florida State this weekend? And it doesn't seem that way. It still feels kind of weird here and here in Duke in those conversations, but. I'll say I enjoy watching Duke play football because they put a good product on the field. Mm-hmm. The coaches clearly coach these guys up well. They're well-disciplined. They're in the right spot. So they play really 
good, funnily sound football. And, and Riley Leonard is uh, um, another player that's fun to watch. I hope he gets a play. Mm-hmm. Sounds like there's a good chance he's, he yeah, is. He's, he's working um, towards it. They're likely, I think, is the, the term Elko. And used. then Florida State is a ton of fun to watch. What uh, Keon Coleman's doing there, the guy looks like he's going to be uh, a potential top mm-hmm. 15 pick in the draft. Uh, Jordan Travis as well. And overall, I think Florida State outmatches Duke. Um, but because of, of the way Duke plays such disciplined football, I think they could you know, make this a four-quarter game against a good Florida State team. Mike Lennon joining us here in studio on the drive. Last one, and it's going to tie in a bunch of the things we talked about. Uh, Keon Coleman, but also Johnny Wilson is back, who's uh, another prospect at, at wide receiver for Florida State. Uh, we've talked about you know Casey Concepcion being a number one wide receiver. We've talked about some of the struggles for for Bryce Young and the Panthers. When when you look at the Panthers roster, there's there's a whole bunch of think pieces out there that say he needs more help on the outside, more separation. Depending on what they do in the trade market, and there's some Brian Burns rumors, they could end up with a, a mid first. They could end up with a second. That's kind of Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson. Uh, so so Panthers fans, you may want to watch the Duke Florida State game and, and do a little scouting. Uh, how how important is it for a young quarterback early in your career, Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans kind of, uh, that's, that's going to be, you know, it's two number ones. Uh, how important is it for, for Bryce to get, get a number one as quickly as possible? He needs to get a, uh, a number one that he can build with. But I mean, Adam Thielen is playing like a true number one. I think it's kind of, um, I mean, he's going to be a pro bowler and he's like borderline all pro on pace right now. He's, I get the age part of it and that he's not going to be able to play with Bryce for 10 years, but he's not showing signs of slowing down, so he could be a piece to grow with. I mean, talk about Vincent Jackson. Vincent Jackson was probably around the same age as as Adam Thielen when I got there as a rookie, Mm -hmm. and without a doubt, if there was any chance to throw Vincent the ball, I was (laughs) going to, and I feel like Bryce is at that exact same point in – if he has guys on on same mirror routes, it's going to Adam Thielen. He doesn't care who the corner is. He might not even care if the safety is favored to that side. And it's a great security blanket. So although um, you could be kind of critical, I guess, of the surrounding pieces of Bryce Young, to that they went out and got Adam Thielen, you got to give uh, that front office credit for. One of the free agent signings of the year for sure. Mike, we appreciate your time as always. And uh, and everybody else, check out Pack Therapy Podcast, found everywhere podcasts can be found. Uh, we'll be back with more of The Drive in a second. So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also, too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes, and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu.